What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 37. My name is Josh Toll. I'm joined by my good friend, Brett Roberts, and our AI companion, HBot, as always. Hello, Brett. What's up, Josh? And hello, HBot. Hello, everyone. Okay. So we took off last week. Well, not really, but off. We didn't have an episode of the pod last week um, because we were doing some Resident Evil streams. Um, so be sure you check those out if you haven't yet. They are pretty cool. They're a lot of fun. We appreciate everybody tuning in and watching them. Um, with that, let me get into kind of the topics we're we'll talking about. And part of the Resident Evil stuff is we have a very special first topic for all of you today that we're going to go over. Um, so, you know, that's exciting. Stay tuned for that. Then we're going to be talking about Bloodborne, a game that has been out for, I just had its sixth anniversary, right? So for six years. Um, so we're we'll talking about where the fuck the next gen patch is with that. Um, and then a kind of non-gaming related thing. I mean, I guess it could partially be they just released a video game. But uh, SpongeBob SquarePants episodes have been pulled from Paramount Plus over storyline concerns. Um, wow. And then for Indie Intel this week, we're going to be talking about a game that's been out for a little while uh, that I just beat and that we want to really talk about and um, make sure you all know about if you haven't uh, and can get it. And that's Devotion by Red Candle Games. Um, with that being said, Brett... Uh, we talked a little bit about the Resident Evil live stream. Do you have anything else to say about that? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's your first time playing it. I know you're having a lot of fun with the game itself, and you're jonesing to right. jump back into it. Um, so yeah, thank you for everyone for coming out and watching. We've had a lot of awesome people in our chat. If you want to be part of that, you know, make sure you're subscribed so you get the notification when we are going to be live next. Uh, at the time we're recording this, I think we're going to be going live sometime this week, and then... You know, by the time you're watching this, probably a day later or two days later, we're going to be uh, doing another one. So, like I said, subscribe and, you know, make sure you're, you're there and click set reminder when you see that live stream reminder. That way you get the notification, you know, when we're going live. So, yeah, that's it. All right. Before we hop into our main topics, uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, so this week I haven't really... Well, it's actually been two weeks since we've last done one of these, so I have a couple of things that we could talk about. Um, I haven't really played a lot of games. Uh, we've been playing Apex, mm -hmm. you and I, and Christian from right. Save Before Quitting Pod, and uh, you know, trying to get our rank score up in that. They just did the rank split, so got to try to get that in. Right. Uh, first thing I want to mention is the Snyder Cut, Justice League Snyder Cut. I know it's it's been a yeah. while. Um so the Snyder Cut has come out. We've seen it. I watched it and I liked it. I'll let Josh talk about it for his section if he wants. Um, I liked it a lot more than I liked the original Justice League film. Uh, you know, I think that there was a lot of things that Joss Whedon cut out of it that, you know, made no sense. He, he, he tried to transform it into something else. And it's funny because it still had all the bones and DNA of Snyder's vision. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I enjoyed it a lot more than the original. Um, another thing that I watched, Josh, just came out What's at the that? time, as the time, it's okay. at the time of recording, uh, it's going to keep happening. You might as well just keep going. Can you stop her from barking, please? Please. I know she's excited, but please. You can talk. Just don't make her bark, please. Please kill me. Um, so as of the time that we are recording this, Invincible, the animated series, just dropped. And right. I heard crazy things about it. They were showing these trailers for it where these these characters were um, apparently doing something insane on the screen. And they were only showing the reaction from the, the influencers that were watching the clip. And they were just like, holy mm. fuck. And these were people that have already mm. read the comics. So they knew what it was going to be, but it was an animated form. Gotcha. Josh, you have seen it. <laughs> episode mm -hmm. one, at least. I have. I've yeah. finished episodes one, two, and three, all of the ones that are available on Amazon right now. Mm -hmm. So I actually, last night, finished. Oh, three. nice. So we've all seen it. Both, well, both of us have seen it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. what'd you, what do you think? I love it's it, It's pretty man. good, right? <laughs> it's pretty fucking yeah. good. It's uh, it's really good. Yeah. Robert Kirkman, it's, uh, man. It's very he's, cool. He's a pretty good writer, uh, you know. The Walking Dead, we were huge fans of when it first started, when it was closer to Kirkman's vision, I would assume. And over the years, it kind of mm -hmm. transformed and we kind of fell out of interest with it. 
I, I think that this is going to stick more closely to the source material than The Walking Dead did, obviously. Let's hope, it's, a, yeah. it's an animated adaptation of a comic, so it would make sense to be that way. I'm in. I'm so sold. Um, Seth Rogen's a producer. He's been doing a lot of graphic novel uh, producing spots when they're doing that transition mm -hmm. from you know the comics to TV. Uh, he did Preacher. Yeah. So uh, he's actually in Invincible right, yeah. as an alien. I don't know if you caught that. Um, when they're on the mm -hmm. moon, that's actually Seth Rogen. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just love it. I, I think it turned out so great. And there's certain times where I'm like, the animation is a little weak, but it's the first season they were trying yeah. it out, you know? So. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I could talk about it forever, but I'm really into it. And I'm really excited to, to get into it more when they drop more episodes. And then another thing that I mm -hmm. just watched, Josh. Eric Andre's new movie, Bad Trip. You watched that? It, dude, it was really oh. good. It was really? really, really good. So it's it's Eric Andre, Tiffany Haddish, and um, I forget his name. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I forget his name. Uh, he's the dude from... He's the best friend from Get Out, I believe, who is a security guard at the airport. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A TSA agent yeah. or whatever. And it's, it's right. literally the exact same formula as Bad Grandpa, where it's... Um, real pranks on real people with a storyline tied into it and it's actually done by gotcha. jeff tremaine the guy who did jackass and bad grandpa so it's like yeah it's yeah, very yeah. similar and uh it's it's pretty much like if you like the eric andre show you're gonna like this movie because it's the eric andre show skits okay. where he's fucking with people on the street with a storyline weaved in between um and the storyline isn't crazy it's literally just uh he falls in love with this girl from his high school and he runs into her and she says that she's, you know, only in L.A. for or in Florida for a couple days. And she has an art studio in New York. And Eric Andre's character wants to go to New York to confess his love for her. So the whole movie is just them going from Florida to New York while um, one of the characters sister breaks out of jail and chases them down. Um, so and that's Tiffany Haddish. Uh, it was really okay. funny. The pranks are really good. Um, it's got that Eric Andre show style comedy. So like I said, if you're a fan of that, you'll really like this. And if you're a fan of like Jeff Tremaine and Jackass and Bad Grandpa, then you'll probably like this as well. Yeah. Okay. So Interesting. Honestly, the biggest turnoff for me was Tiffany Haddish. Uh, I just, she's one of those like, uh, I don't know. She's one of those like comedians that have the same shtick and it's like, you're the same thing and everything. And I it's just, the, I really find you. It's the annoying. Amy Schumer type of thing you know exactly exactly uh, I, I agree she was like the main thing that was turning me off of the movie but i'm a huge eric andre fan so i was like i'll give it a shot yeah. honestly she's pretty good in this movie she's she plays the role very well my favorite part i think of the whole movie is actually the very end after the credits roll they do bloopers and the reveal to all the people that were pranked um mm -hmm. and she's like pretty cool in that like as a, as a human being you get to see her like interacting with the people she just pranked she's pretty cool so um yeah cool. check it out i liked it a lot Nice. All right. Anything else? Nope. That's it. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I also watched the Snyder Cut. Uh, I did not like it. Did you like it more um, than the original? It, yes, I liked it more than the original, but it's like splitting hairs. Um, first of all, uh, no movie needs to be four hours long. Um, it's not necessary. I get that it works. Because it's more like a miniseries, but that's not what it was marketed as. It's marketed as a movie, and no movie needs to be that long. Um, there's no way you're watching it in one sitting, so why not just make it a miniseries? Um, I, all the acting was just as terrible as the original Justice League. I find Ben Affleck insufferable as Batman. I find Gal Gadot atrocious as a fucking actress. Uh, I think she's a joke. Um, I found Ezra Miller as a Flash edgy and made me want to fucking die um cyborg was honestly probably my favorite and even his acting sucked um it's just i couldn't i can't get over i think they're all terrible i really do um and henry cavill is probably the best one and i also think that he's terrible so in I the just, role or as an i don't actor? like and as an actor i just don't like any of them as actors i think they're all really bad um and i know that's probably not and it's not ezra miller i actually like in other stuff but i just i just didn't like it um, it's another CGI fucking shill fest that I can't stand. 
Uh, I do think Steppenwolf was way better in this and also looked way better. Yeah. Um, like his armor looked fucking slick. Um, and I think the best part about this movie is what the ending sets up. And we're never going to get any resolution to it. So why do I even care? Yeah. Why do I even care? Uh, I also think Zack Snyder's a terrible director. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> that's it. I think that it's funny <laughs> I know. you mentioned like Ste- Steppenwolf being better in this because he is. But it's funny how they made mm-hmm. him better because they made him better by making oh, yeah, by being yeah, a they simp. Made him a simp. He's basically a little bitch. Um, and it mm-hmm. suited his character so much better because he was just trying to make daddy dark side uh, happy with him the whole time. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also Jared Leto was still the worst. Oh, joker. yeah. He's just bad. He's just yeah. terrible. So I'm sorry to be so down on it. I, I, I did like it better than the original. But like I said, for me, it's splitting hairs because um, I didn't mind the original. I was disposable, whatever. Um, I feel like this wasn't even I couldn't even call it disposable because I felt like I had to force myself to sit through it. Um, so I don't know. OK. Yeah. So sorry for everybody that's going to probably hate me for that. But I just that's not it's just not for me. And that's it um invincible also is the opposite of justice league it's fucking slick as fuck i love it uh the end of the first episode i i mean i was i was in it honestly before the ending and all the crazy shit happens um like i was really enjoying it um and then that the end happens and i'm like i I just i was in i was so in because you think you're watching one thing and then it just subverts your expectations like no this is what the story is actually about um so that's cool. And they do a good job, too, in the, in the episode, like, two and three, setting up, like, the love interests and doing it in a way that's, like, not overly, like... Stereotypical. Annoying. Yeah, it's just... It's 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 cool. Uh, and the voice cast is oh, great. Oh, the voice cast is incredible. Um, J.K. Simmons. It's... Steven Yuan. Yeah, oh. it's... it's Yeah, it's top-notch. Um, watched Fargo Season 4. Nice. Um, which got shit on uh by people as the weakest season i disagree i think it's one of the best seasons uh all seasons of fargo are good um it's really good and people shit on it because they said it was woke um it's sorry it takes place like at the height of racism in like the 50s and 60s and like the kansas city mob and like the massacre in kansas city on like black wall street and all that stuff so i mean what you want it to not be about race because that's literally what was happening that's why it was a powder keg between all the different fat like mobs at that time it's awesome um let's see i played prey a little bit on xbox um because it has fps boost now very good by the way i was interested in that game when it was announced played the demo was like wow this is not for me at all i don't want to play this um and then i started playing i'm like wow this is great this is like bioshock uh i think the demo I think whoever picked that slice of the demo should not have a job anymore because it is literally the worst representation what, of that game. What was the done. demo? The, the demo. It, did you play the no, demo? No, I only played the beginning of the, the game. It was. It was. It's partially the beginning of the game. That loop in the apartment mm-hmm. building, right, where you go through and then you find out like you're in a simulation or whatever. But that's it. Shows no actual gameplay or like story elements hardly at mm-hmm. all. And I'm like. And specifically the gameplay loop, because like if you don't like games like Bioshock, that type of gameplay, you are not going to like this game. Like that is pretty much exactly what the gameplay loop of this is is very similar to Bioshock. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the demo didn't show that at all. I so I do want to say though, like you're right. You're pro- if that's the case, you are right because it doesn't really get into the meat and potatoes of the actual game. But I think that mm-hmm. that intro is one of the coolest has one of the coolest moments in gaming in my opinion that I've ever played where you break the wall and you oh, go yeah. through it it's such a cool It's very moment. cool. It's very cool but it doesn't sell it didn't sell me on the gameplay yes. element which the game is all gameplay yeah. right it's a fucking game but specifically like that's this type of game like it's it is it knows exactly what it is and like BioShock like it's going to be cumbersome for some people a lot of people will not like yeah. that style and that's fine but I personally love it, so I, I was I was just surprised. I was like, how much I liked it versus how off I was put by the demo back mm-hmm. in the day, which is why I never bought it or played it. Um, I got Monster Hunter on Switch. I haven't started it yet. Um, play watching Skate, Infinity, uh, Doctor Stone, um, and then last night I beat Devotion in one sitting. 
Wow. How um, long was that? Arcano games. About three Not hours. Bad. A little, little, little under three hours. Um, but I won't talk about that now because we'll talk about it in indie intel. So cool. All right. But that being said, let's hop into our main topics for the day. Brett, you want to kick this first one off? So for our first topic, guys, we wanted to, instead of talking about the news or talking about, you know, games, we wanted to talk about uh, our channel. We want to talk about a recent accomplishment that we just hit, and that is 500 subscribers. Um, you know, the other day at the beginning of our Resident Evil 4 live stream, we said, hey, guys, you know, we're rapidly approaching uh, 400 subscribers. We were at, I think, 380 or 390. Mm-hmm. And we were basically saying, if you could get us to 400, we'll do another stream series. We'll do Resident Evil 7. Um, you know, it would mean a lot to us. Well, our first live stream replay now has over 2,000 views. We are now at a little over 520 or at 520 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's absolutely insane. Uh, that's the most we have grown in this amount of time yeah. since we started our channel back in, what, 2013? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, we've been at this for a couple years now. Uh, you know, we stopped for a little bit. We got back into it. We stopped. We got back into it. I think we've been on a pretty good roll mm-hmm. uh, since we came back and we plan to keep going. Now that we have this virtual setup, yeah. uh, breaking kayfabe, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's much easier to record. And, you know, I think the way we're making content works and um, Josh is doing a great job editing. And uh, yeah, it's just it really means a lot to have over 500 subscribers. It's a huge milestone. I put this on my Twitter. I just want to say it here. Uh, I wanted to be a YouTuber ever since the platform first was introduced back in like 2006, 2007. YouTube exploded and I jumped on. I have several accounts that I've made uh, back from 2007, and my main channel that I still use to this day is my original channel, and it's sitting a little over 400 subs. Um, so that's what over 13 years mm-hmm. that channel. Um, so I've officially finally surpassed that now with this channel with 500 subs, and it's just uh, it means a lot to me personally, and I know it means a lot to you too, Josh. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for watching. And, you know, if you guys want to see something new, if you if you like something, um, if you don't like something, the best way to let us know is to hop into the comments to like to uh, dislike even, uh, you know, just let us know what you think of our content. And, you know, we're willing to adapt. We saw you guys like the Resident Evil content we were putting out. So we decided to do a live stream and it took off. Yeah. So there, there's proof in the pudding right there. You know, we're listening and we're willing to adapt. And I uh, just want to thank you guys so much. So what do you think, Josh? Yeah, no, I agree with you. We, you know, we've been at this for a very long time on and off a little bit. Um, you know, we've had, we've had bumps here and there, right. And subscribers or views or things like that. We've had several videos do extremely well. Um, but you know, that doesn't always translate to subscribers and stuff like that, which I mean, at the end of the day, whatever, we're doing what we enjoy. That's, you know, not secondary because we want to do well, but almost secondary because you know we're having a good time doing it and learning a lot like i know me personally even since we came back like we had this idea right to change our format and just change the way we do things and it made me have to adapt as like an editor right and how i go about things and how we go about producing our content um and i really don't think there's many other small channels like us doing the types of shows and production that we do right um because it's difficult right it's a lot i mean listen what you all see behind us listen we got an ai doing this now so come on now it's like not no other people are really doing this um but yeah it, it means a lot um and we want people to engage with all of our content so if you're here for one reason or another like we we understand that like people like certain content they gravitate towards certain things we get it but check out some of our other stuff and like brett said let us know what you like um and we really do appreciate it we're going to keep going um you know, we're going to keep trying different things. Um, you know, make sure you connect with us and share it with other people. And uh, let's keep going. Let's get to a thousand and then beyond that. So that's right. If you're if you're not already, uh, you know, follow us on all of our social media, mm-hmm. um, specifically Twitter. I mentioned this on our live stream as well. Um, if you want to stay up to date with what we're doing, if you want to know what kind of content we're going to be doing when we're going live, what we're talking about, Twitter is the best place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, should be in the description of this video. Yeah. So. Just go check those out. Um, it's the best place to connect with us. Yeah. All right. Anything else, so, Brett? Or no, nah, just thank you guys so much. And uh, it means a lot. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Bloodborne right now, Brett. And specifically, 
Where the fuck is our next-gen patch for the game? Where is it, Brett? We've gotten God of War, right? We've gotten Ghost of Tsushima. We've gotten Days Gone, right? Where's Bloodborne, Brett? Where is it? I don't know, Josh. Bloodborne is a game that is beloved by many. It actually made our top 10 uh, favorite games of all time list. That's right. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Where is it? I want it. Give me my money right now. So Give I, me your money? My money. Okay, take your money. Well, listen. Well, yeah. Take, you want to get take, paid? Take my money. Yeah. Um, I would buy. I would buy a brand new one if I had to. Well, um, I think that before you get into this, I, I do want to yeah. say I, I think the reason we haven't gotten it yet, Josh, is because they might be working on a PC port, which has been rumored for many, many years, and I think that they are going to put out a remastered version of the game. And that is, wow. uh, you know, this has been speculated. It's been rumored. Um, I, I don't see any other reason as to why you would just abandon a huge game like this mm -hmm. and potentially get even more sales on the PlayStation Five. Um, yeah. Unless you're going to be putting out a remaster, which would create the need for a patch unnecessary. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I, I was going to touch on that towards the end, but I'll bring it up okay. now instead. Um, Digital Foundry did a great video um, about what we're going to talk about, which is the 60 FPS mod, obviously. But yeah. in that video, they talk about some of the limitations and why they think that we haven't gotten a patch yet. Um and mainly being, first of all, it's it can't be a simple like it's it's a it's a code level thing that they had to implement, right? That they have to implement. Okay. So it's not just like a it's the um what's we call it? the the engine that it's running on or whatever it is wouldn't simply work by just doing like a uncapped frame rate patch, right? Because even if you did that, it would be unstable. So you have to do a code level fix basically right which means transfer transferring the code completely to basically port it to the next gen systems um, at that point why wouldn't you just release it as its own game yeah and that's a it's a limitation um of the engine that it's running in uh, obviously and that is probably why we haven't seen it yet right um they're they probably are working on some kind of either poor or you know remaster whatever it is uh, hopefully blue points working on it um and they basically were like they th the digital foundry guys think that there is so much market like potential for it for them to make money off of it that there's no way that they're not going to do it at some point and i agree with that um yeah i would buy it i'd buy it again at 60 i'd buy it again at 70 dollars. i don't fucking care give it to yeah. me um so yeah i wanted to touch on that yeah i don't know if if they did release it, there is some content that was cut. I don't know if they could, mm -hmm. you know, incentivize people by restoring the cut content. Right. Uh, even if it's just uh, the Chalice Dungeon stuff, because people have created modded Chalice Dungeons where right. you fight bosses that were cut from the game. Yeah. Uh, even if it was just like adding those to the actual base game um, would be pretty cool. They do have the DLC. They could bundle in there with it. The Old Hunters DLC. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, $70. I mean, it's a hard sell for some maybe, but I would buy it like you. Yeah, um, especially if all the DLCs in there and, you know, 60 FPS, 4K. Come on, give it to me. Yeah, easily. Uh, so with that being said, uh, a few years ago, 2019, maybe it was 2020. I forget. But this modder named Lance McDonald took the internet by storm, specifically Reddit, when he said that he was able to uncap, right, Bloodborne's frame rate and get it to run at 60 FPS. Um, now it's still at 1080p, um, but it, he got it to run at 60 FPS. People freaked out about it, right? Yeah. Um, and for those of you that don't know, obviously Bloodborne currently is capped at 30 FPS and it doesn't it even, it dips. doesn't, does, it, it dips a lot specifically on old hardware um so basically mcdonald took it into his own hands right to create this patch okay so he said about a month ago or about or that year when he announced it that if sony didn't do something with it right like he was going to give sony time to do something right because he showed it was possible um to at least get the frame rate up um that if they didn't do some do it then he would release the patch right to download yep. essentially so last week he debuted a video of his 60 fps bloodborne patch right where in, in october he debuted the video of a 60 fps bloodborne patch um and then last week he released it for people to download okay which is great right there is there's some other games on playstation and xbox currently that you can get mods for right but unfortunately mm -hmm. brett for this mod to be able to get it 
and get it to work, you have to also mod your PlayStation to do that. And it's PS4 only, right? PS4 only, right? And it basically only works with dev kits, right? So you have to mod your PlayStation 4 to get it the patch to run with the game on it. Okay. So you're basically turning your PlayStation 4 into a dev kit model. Yeah, basically. Um, so that's a shame uh, yeah. that there wasn't some other way to do it. I mean, obviously, I, I get it. The PlayStation and Xbox on consoles, it's it's not like PC, right, where you can go in and mod the individual game files or whatever it is. Um, so it's unfortunate because as of today, when we were recording this, you know, you can still only play the game at 30 FPS, even on new gen hardware. Um, and it still is just not not a great experience anymore compared yeah. Yeah, I mean, compared to, like, Demon Souls remastered on the PlayStation 5, right? Right. Yeah. And playing playing Souls games at 60 FPS and above, it just makes the responsiveness and the quickness, and it just makes it so much easier and more enjoyable to play. Um, because the games are hard enough as they are, difficult enough as they are, without adding such low, like, refresh and frame rates on them and unresponsiveness. So. Yeah, and, you know... That all aside, the FPS aside, Bloodborne is one of the most visually pleasing oh, yeah. uh, worlds ever crafted. Right. And if they could get it running in 4K somehow on the PS5, like, right. let's fucking go. Yeah, you know? I, I don't, There, there's no way that they can't do it. Like, the hardware is perfectly capable of it. Yeah. Um, and I think even, at, listen, I'm no tech expert, but I think even at, like, a code level, you wouldn't be able to get the game to run in native 4K, right? So it wouldn't be like true 4K, but you could do what God of War did, right? Like make it checker checkerboarded and upscaled. It's not quite as crisp, but it still works and has less impact on the actual frame rate. Um, it's yeah. possible. It's just a matter of whether Sony is willing to put the money in to do that um, and give us a higher resolution and higher frame rates. I guess time will tell. Hopefully we'll get some sort of version either in a patch or through an actual official remaster release. We're gonna do something a little different today. Okay. Um, we're gonna be talking about something that isn't game related necessarily. They, it's a series that has had many video games over the years, um, but it is primarily a television show. And it is a television show that you and I grew up with. Our generation knows very near and dear. Mm -hmm. uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, guys. Oh boy. So we're gonna be taking our information from an IGN article. I'm just gonna read through it a little bit and then we can talk about it, Josh. Okay. I think it's a little ridiculous considering um, SpongeBob SquarePants as a show, let me get into it and we'll, I'll talk in a minute. Okay. So SpongeBob SquarePants episodes have been pulled over storyline concerns. <laughs> so you hear that and you're like, what the fuck? So the SpongeBob SquarePants episode Midlife Crustacean <laughs> is out of rotation and is not available to stream on Paramount Plus or purchase digitally on services like Amazon. Another episode titled Quarantined Crab with a K, mind you, uh, also appears to have been shelved due to plotline similarities to the COVID-19 pandemic. So Josh, you know uh, the episode Midlife Crustacean for sure. It first aired on Nickelodeon in 2003. It was a part of season three of SpongeBob SquarePants and it featured Mr. Krabs in a midlife crisis. SpongeBob and Patrick help out Mr. Krabs and show him a good time. Uh, this is the infamous Panty Raid ah, episode. Yes. Uh, so a representative from Nickelodeon reached out and said, Midlife Crustacean has been out of rotation since 2018, actually, uh, following a standards review in which they determined some story elements were not kid appropriate. Uh, and, you know, usually cartoons, they had the two, like a 15 minute episode and a 15 minute episode combined into one. Right, right, right. Um, we're going to call that a, I think it's called a, partner or companion episode uh that one was the great snail race and that is still available on all Ooh, marketplaces that's a good one and all that yeah, so yeah. yeah that is a, it's a great episode um so is midlife crustacean it is so um so let's talk about midlife crustacean josh you remember the panty raid do i remember the panty raid i guess you're gonna miss the panty raid the what that's my first experience with panty raids was that episode dude that's right. Yeah, which well, okay, so they maybe the episode should be banned then because it did introduce kids to um, dude. There's no kid that there's race. no fucking kid on the face of this earth that's gonna understand what that episode's actually 
like referencing right and even the way they present yeah. it is so it's so watered down and like non-offensive in any way at least personally mm-hmm. that i find it i mean i guess it's been a minute since i watched it but well if you remember the punchline of the episode is that the house they're raiding is actually mr krabs's mom's house right 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 <laughs> so it's her underwear that they're going through it's just um, and she actually sends mr krabs to time out in his childhood bedroom. right right yeah um I can think of so many other SpongeBob episodes that have moments that are more questionable than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the infamous curse word episode where they're saying yes. curse words the, and they use yeah the, the little sound effect. Yeah. yeah, insert that if you can in the editing, Josh. Make a note of this. Yeah. Um, so SpongeBob will say, "How the f- are you?" And instead of "fuck," it'll uh, have the seahorse noise um, or the the horse noise. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, so there, there is an example. The whole episode's about cursing and like censorship. It's just making a joke of it. I'm not saying that episode should be banned. I'm just presenting more episodes. Yeah. How about the episode where SpongeBob uh, is watching porn? Gary, Gary walks in and he's right. like, Gary! yeah." And it was the little sea uh, anemones or whatever yeah, dancing. Yeah. Dude, it's just there's so. Listen, you. Uh, this is not exclusive to SpongeBob, right? There. Are, there are oh, no. so many cartoons, right, that have adult content in them because usually adults are watching them with their kids, right? And you want to get both of those demographics in one. So, like, yeah. it's just, listen, man, it's just, this is just not a big deal at all. This is completely overblown censorship fucking pandering bullshit that we've seen time and time again. And I compare it to the Disney stuff, right? Where they had extremely racially sensitive cartoons, right? But instead of removing them, right, which would have been the easy thing, they put up warnings in front of them, right? Josh, I'm glad you brought that up because that is my next point. Okay. Um, IGN actually reached out and asked which scenes caused the controversy. And they also asked uh, if Nickelodeon would ever consider putting a content warning in front of the episode and the representative representative for Nickelodeon said no comment no comment I've got a comment for you go f- yourself what so yeah that's a it's a great point the Disney stuff they just put a warning in front of the episode saying hey this episode might have things that are a little bit offensive for the times uh, mm-hmm. it is now but when it was created it wasn't a big deal right um, and you had the choice whether or not you wanted to continue watching or turn it off yeah. now is Spongebob big of a you know does it have as big of a legacy as disney no but is spongebob fucking huge yeah yes it still is like it still is they're still milking it for money after um steven hillenberg who has since died mm-hmm. um he requested you know i want this thing to end and i don't want it to continue after my death and they still have continued it um so you know it's huge and it, it's different for Disney because Disney, their content is like legacy content that, you know, animators can go back and watch and, you know, learn things from. And it's also just a relic of the time. Yeah. The the Nazi stuff. Right. The racist stuff. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate that that all exists, but, um, you know, it's, it's still, it's history. But it does it, erase it. Yeah, exactly. But it does exist. Don't erase it. If anything, use it as a point of conversation. And obviously the, yeah. the Disney stuff is way more uh you can learn way more from that like you can be educated way more on that than a fucking panty raid in spongebob but my point is and see as a human being i have conflicting beliefs as everybody does nobody is black and white and cut and dry right i am super i am a, a liberal i am a progressive leaning person always right but i also think that virtue signaling and censorship for censorship's sake is bullshit and I think that you trying to virtue signal or wash away stuff like this is fucking stupid. And I think that regardless of what the content is, not having the creation or whatever it is out there is really stupid. And you're pandering, right? You're pandering. You're doing this woke BS cash grab shit so that people are like, oh, good job. You're protecting our kids from learning about sex and panty raids. Like, no, you're fucking not, dude. You're just removing an avenue for them to learn it, maybe in a fucking funny way, rather than them experiencing it like negatively in real life or something. And I think it's yeah, and it, it, it's stupid. No, you're right, and it's not like they were, you know, 
saying panty raids are great. I mean, SpongeBob and Patrick and Mr. Krabs were like excited to do it, obviously, mm -hmm. but they got punished for it, right? right? So it's they're showing you it's not something good. Right. It's not a good thing to do. Right. But regardless, it's a joke. It's silly. It's stupid. And it's really not, you know, offensive in my eyes at all. It's not meant to be um, taken seriously, literally at all. Nothing in SpongeBob is ever. Yeah. Well, let me touch on the second episode, uh, the quarantine crab. This one I understand a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's more recent. It's from season twelve of SpongeBob. Um, so this is one that you and I have most definitely never seen. Yeah. So it's called Quarantine Crab, and it features the return of the health inspector. Do you remember the health inspector episode? Oh. So um, the health inspector, the guy with the hat. He came to inspect the the um crusty crab mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure they like knock him out and they yes like, yes okay yeah all right he's like dead yeah yeah episode. right 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 okay so which is funny right there it's another example of like them killing this guy they think he's dead they try burying him and shit mm -hmm. um he was alive the whole time mind you um so anyway he's back at the crusty crab and he finds a case of clam flu in the restaurant and quarantines all patrons inside the characters immediately begin distrusting each other and anybody assumed to have the virus is shunned and thrown in the freezer wow so it's literally like one night ultimate werewolf yeah and literally representing real real current times that we're living in yeah so this was uh not featured on the season 12 dvd they took it out um, I assume that came out last year or like late 2019. And it makes sense to remove this one because with everything happening with the coronavirus, um, you know, so many people have died and, uh, you know, you don't want to be insensitive to that. However, it doesn't need to be like completely removed. Just don't advertise it in my eyes. Like you could put it out, but don't just make a big deal out of it um, or even just wait and hold it and then re-release it later on down the line. Yeah. Uh, I still, no. I, I still, I don't agree with removing it. I think you could still use it as a point of education. You could still put a warning up, right? You could be like, hey, look at, you know, donate to all of these people that are trying to help victims of COVID-19 or like families of COVID-19 deaths or whatever it is. Like use it as a point for something yeah. good. Don't remove it for removing its sakes. Like you're being, you're being overly precautious for no reason. And yeah. I just, I, I really... I, no matter what the context is, I really hate companies that do it. Like, cause you just yeah. remove a point of educating people or just, I don't know. I just, I think all censorship is bad. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, this episode could clearly have a notice in the beginning that says, you know, the show, this episode was created before the coronavirus pandemic. Um, we apologize for any similarities or almost like a South Park thing. Like, you know, the similarities, the real people, <laughs> they did a whole episode, several They did a fucking pandemic crime. special, dude. They did a pandemic yeah. special. You didn't see Comedy Central being like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know why? It's called satire. And it's fine. <laughs> Damn, that was a really nice angle you just gave us. <laughs> but I agree. Um, yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't really understand why they, they would do this. Um, so when... When asked, oh, I'm sorry, the episode is pulled from Paramount Plus and Amazon. Um, iTunes, it's still up if you buy the whole season. Uh, and DVDs from as late as 2020 featured the um, Panty Raid episode, but not the mm. Quarantine Crab episode. All right, well. So it's interesting. They removed it back in 2018, apparently. But if you buy the DVD that was put out in 2020, it's still there. Whatever, man. Shit's stupid. So that was a little bit of uh, SpongeBob news for you guys. Um, just wanted to bring it up and talk about something a little bit different this week. And, you know, SpongeBob was a huge part of our childhood. And there's so many memes and, and references that we still quote to this day from SpongeBob. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. All right, Brett. Rounding out the pod, as we always do. With a segment we call Indie Intel. This week, we're talking about a game that I just recently beat, which is also something we don't normally do, is talk about games that we've actually played and beat. And that is Devotion, as I mentioned at the top of the pod. 
So let me yep. give you my normal flavor text that I would, and then we'll talk about the actual game. Okay. Okay. Devotion is a first-person atmospheric card game depicting the life of a family shadowed by religious belief. Explore a 1980s Taiwan apartment complex lost in time, gradually shift into a hellish nightmare. Delve into the vows each member of the family has made and witness their devotion. So, a little background about this game. Okay. It was released in 2019, Brett, by a studio called Red Candle Games. If you don't know who I Red know them. If you don't know who Red Candle Games are, they are one of my favorite studios in existence. They literally have only made bops and they are slick. Okay. Um so on February 21st, Brett, in 2019, a mere two days after the game's release, players discovered a Fulu talisman decorating a wall in the game that contained the words Xi Jinping Winnie the Pooh in Chinese script, okay? And obviously that is referencing the meme, right, that is pretty old at this point, of uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping. Is he president? Dictator, might as well be a dictator, I don't fucking know, whatever, whatever his title Leader. is. Leader of China, uh, Xi Jinping, uh, is as Winnie the Pooh, right? There was a meme with him and Obama, um, him and Eeyore, like all... Tigger. Yeah, it's... it's Obama it's, was Tigger, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, it's just a meme, right? Xi Jinping as Winnie the Pooh, and he gets upset because he's a stupid idiot leader that can't have his fucking ego bruised a little bit. Um... So anyway, that was in the game, and people uh, lashed out, right? Specifically, Chinese people lashed out about it. Um, now, apparently, it wasn't meant to be kept in the final version of the game. Um, it was more of a placeholder. Um, but, you know, it was there. People got offended by it. Um, and then, basically, it was removed from Steam. Like, it was removed from all other stores, so you couldn't get it, right, because of this. And it was basically censored due to it. Now, they did, at the time, release a statement that they were they apologized, that it wasn't meant to be there. You know, they didn't intend to, you know, upset anybody, X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what's true and what's not. I'll take their word for it. But I also am going to create my own narrative that I think they left it there on purpose. I like that they did because their games specifically are always aimed to speak to power, right? And to visualize, right? And tell stories about the issues with military and government rule. And specifically this game, Brett, if you don't know, is about the 228 incident in Taiwan or better known as the White Scare you might have heard of. I'm not familiar with it. So basically, it is was an occupation of Taiwan by China. Wow. Okay. Um, so, you know. It fits kind of in there, yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's basically what this game is about. And, um, you know, this... You experience these different years of this family through who was the husband and the dad basically being radicalized by this religious group to, you know, pray to this god to hopefully save his daughter, right? Who really didn't need saving. She had a condition that they thought then was a mental condition, and then he gets brainwashed, and, you know, things happen that I won't spoil for the game. But the backdrop of it is this white scare, right? This Chinese rule and this religious push, right, to pray to this god, okay? And interestingly enough, after that white scare in China or in Taiwan due to the Chinese occupation, they had super lax religious rules, right? Where like basically religious groups or cults could operate by themselves, okay? Which is why people became radicalized, right? And that's what this game talks to. And, you know, there's stuff in the game about almost like indulgences. You know what the indulgences yep. are? Where you... Yep. pay for saving your soul or whatever so that's kind of what this game delves into um so whether or not they actually meant to leave that in there or not you know and who knows and i don't care i hope they did mean to leave it in there uh but anyway a little more backstory on december 16th of 2020 red candle games and gog announced that the game would be available on gog store Okay. However, a few hours after making that announcement, GOG issued a statement uh, that basically said after receiving many messages from gamers that they decided to remove that. We've talked about this before on the channel. Okay. Yeah. We have a video about this. So we'll put a card in here, you know, link it at the end. Check it out if you haven't. Um, but basically, I personally don't, I no longer use GOG. I barely did at the time and now I never will again. I think they're fucking disgusting human beings run by idiots that, you know, were basically pressured by the Chinese government to remove this incredible game from the store. I don't like censorship, 
as we talk a lot about. I think it's bad and any form of it is bad. And if you take part in it, I don't support you. Okay. Um, so anyway, that happened. And then Brett, March, 2021, the month that we're currently in, maybe still when this video comes out, maybe not, we might have switched to April, but March, 2021, Red Candle opened up their own store for their game where you can buy it DRM free directly from them. You can buy the game for 16 bucks right now. Uh, I think 20 some bucks for the game and the soundtrack. Uh, you can buy a bundle of Devotion and Detention, which was their first game. So you can get it now, which is why I wanted to bring this up for Indie Intel, because this game has been inaccessible for so long. And it was so sad to me to see such a small indie studio, right? Six people made their first game, Detention. Six people. Now they're a little bit bigger now, um, but basically- Well, the game, the game went on, to, Detention went on to become a hit movie and also a, a yeah, series exactly, as well. exactly, exactly. Um, and Devotion, when it came out, blew up on Twitch. It was the number one game on Twitch, right? It had overwhelmingly positive views, millions of copies sold. And then it got removed, right? And you turn those, you saw those reviews go negative because of this, and you haven't been able to basically access the game for almost two years now. And, and now it's finally available, and I just, I felt like it was a good time to talk about it because I just beat it, right? And also because it hasn't been available for so long, and I feel like people talked about it and all the controversy around it, and then it went away, and now it's finally available, and I feel like nobody's talking about it. I feel yeah. like nobody is talking about it. Um, I'll give you my brief review of the game, and then we can move on. I know the segment's usually short, but I also want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. This game is incredible. I give it five stars on GG app. Follow up, follow me on GG if you don't. Links in the description. Um, nice plug. This game is perfect. Um, the t where detention, which was the first game, was perfect. This game is even better. First of all, it's scary as hell. The first person aspect is great, and it almost works like PT, where you're in a loop of different. There's multiple areas, but you're in like this loop and things change based off of stuff that you do, right? Mm. And you kind of experience three different timelines. You experience the year 1980, 1985, and 1986 through the lens of what this family is going through, right? And as you interact and solve puzzles and stuff in the game, you uncover more about the family, more about the dad's religious devotion, um, more about the uh, atrocities that were being committed by the Chinese government against the Taiwanese people. Um, and you start to take the role of not just the father, but you experience, you know, what the daughter went through. And there's so many creative gameplay, like you, the gameplay segments in this game, I couldn't believe it, right? It's not just a normal first person horror game, right? Where there's jump scares and you're moving through stuff and solving small puzzles, right? It's not just a walking sim. There is incredibly creative gameplay moments in this game. There's a story, you play a storybook at one point, where it's like a, it becomes like a 2D platformer, like puzzle solving game. It is just incredible. And as with both of their games now that I've played, you have this political backdrop, right? That kind of gives context to the thing. And then you have the horror of like everyday life, either as a student or as a family, right? You have like a domestic type of horror game. And the stuff that this game shows you is gut-wrenching. And it is the horror of the game is almost more so from like the interactions of the human beings and the character you play as rather than any of the other political or context in the game. Um, I can't talk about it more positively enough. Uh, don't watch a let's play of the game. Don't do it. Play it. I beat it in like two hours and 15 minutes, a little under three hours. Just play it. Just play the fucking game because it is incredible and one of the best horror games i've ever played in my entire life wow what a glowing review that's it but i have it i, I have to jump into it yeah but what's what are your thoughts about just everything before we wrap up indie intel for this week yeah i think everything you said is accurate i feel like these developers are like uh, if you know music, you know, like Rage Against the Machine are like this this huge political band. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is like, that's what Red Candle Games is for for games, right? Right. Um, you might not be familiar with the causes they're fighting for as right. an American. Yeah. Um, however, you know, like you, Josh, you kind of get wrapped up into it and, you know, you start to get every side of it and mm -hmm. every angle of it. And, you know, 
it's cool that you uh, that you finally got the chance to play this. My my opinion still stands about GOG. We talked about that in our previous video. Mm -hmm. So if you uh, you know haven't seen that, check it out. My opinion still stands. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that it's finally out. I'm glad that they finally released it on their own. They can make all the money exactly. off it now. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they first announced that it was out, they said. They called it an eShop, and I thought they meant the Nintendo eShop at first. Mm. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I like checked my Switch, and it wasn't on there. And I was like, oh, they released it on like their own eShop. Right. Uh, so, very happy that it's finally out. I have it. You Like you just said, you beat yeah. it. So, I'm excited to play it. Yeah. Absolutely incredible studio. Please check out their games. Um, they are fucking phenomenal um and i do want to just add one last thing if you are living in the united states currently and are a u.s citizen this game devotion there is a lot of parallels that could be made to the regime that was just retired in this country um and that's what i will leave it at devotion check it out folks links in the description to purchase it and support the game nice okay that's right, it josh bro. it's another week another pod that's right. So I think the most important thing to note here is if you haven't already started watching our Resident Evil 4 live stream series, it's a live let's play. We're playing through the whole entire game mm -hmm. in cosplay as Leon and the merchant mm -hmm. of Resident Evil 4. That's right. If you've made it this far into the podcast, that means you're a fan and we support and you support us. So we love you and we support you and we want to do what you like. So make sure you let us know what kind of content you want to see down below in the comment section. Well, yes, thank you, everybody. Make sure you like, you comment, like Brett said, you subscribe, you share it with people, you follow all of our socials. All of those links are in the descriptions. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Hapticast. Please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you do not miss an upload.